You know, these are, we are hearing them like a story, but they happened. You only heard it in 24 minutes, but <laughs> this was someone's life blood that was spilled. You see, here's what Sister you was saying. There's snow. It's a snowy day. So someone says, I'm not coming to church. Wow. Wow. Because of snow. He's not coming to church. Some of them had, you know, it's, it's different when you are going to be tortured. But imagine a man who has children and a wife. And they're telling him, if you don't deny Jesus, we're going to torture your kids right before you. You know, you can take it, right? But to be able to watch. And these men of God encouraged their children to be strong as they were being tortured. Can you imagine that? They're being tortured before them and instead of telling them, okay, 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 deny, deny Jesus and so that you can live. said, be strong. My God. You, we call your child to come for fellowship, say they are busy. Are you sure you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ? Now we're going to stir up our hearts continually so that we know that Jesus, someone actually asked me a question. They asked me, they sat in my office and asked me. They had been going through challenges. And as I spoke with them, they said, I was giving them examples, you know, of different people that had been victorious and all of that. Then she said to me, so pastor, is it worth it? I was quiet for a bit. I'm sure she didn't know her thoughts were going through my mind. Because you're going through challenges, you're wondering whether it's worth it to serve God. What did these people eat that is different from what we eat? What did they get on their inside that is so different? What, what made them so convinced that the one they were dying for was real? You're just going through challenges. You weren't able to pay your rent, uh, the kids' school fees, and so you're wondering whether it's worth it. Or you, you gave, you gave and gave and gave, and you said you didn't receive a harvest, and so you are wondering whether it's worth it, worth it to give. My goodness, what's wrong with you? They spilled their blood. You know, to, this morning I was praying, and a scripture just came to me, and for some reason it came to me in a, in a different way I'm not sure if I'll be able to communicate it but an understanding came to me in a very precious way that just took a hold of my heart and I began to weep and I was thinking to myself wow have we, are we really are we really ready to serve God I've told him many times don't think you're in this nation whether you're born here or you came here don't think you're in this nation for your good, for your goodness, for your betterment, like green pastures. You're joking. No, you are the green pastures. 
But he brought you here with an agenda. Okay, COVID came. Many were threatened. Take the vaccine. Or lose your job. Quickly they, they took the vaccine. Even if the vaccine was good, that someone was threatening you. That if you don't take it, you can't go to church. If you don't take it, all that nonsense. You should have said no. But there will be, don't think COVID would be the only trial. <laughs> so the next time there's a trial, you, you must make up your mind that you will win. If you lost this one, it already passed. But make up your mind that never again. Because you had a mindset and that's what responded to the challenge like that. You responded in fear. They said we shouldn't meet here. They came many times to close us down. It didn't happen. It didn't matter who was coming. They couldn't close us down. We insisted that we worship the Lord. So we won. We put our faith to work and we won. So you have, look at what, um, concerning Polycarp. <laughs> he said as he entered the stadium, he heard a voice saying, be strong. He didn't say, I'm going to deliver you. Dear Lord. He didn't say, don't worry. Nothing is going to happen to you. No. He said, be strong and die. My God. He said, he that loves his life will lose it. You are not living for real. You are in bondage if you are still living your life. Because someone paid for you. He paid for you. And he owns you. That's the scripture I want to show you. Go to Romans chapter 11. Let's read from verse 30, 33. Give it to me in the TPT. I want to show you something. You know, like I, I, I was sharing with some of the cell leaders yesterday about my observations throughout the year, especially in our givings for different things because we did give for several things. And some in their minds were like, why are we always giving and giving? You know, where's my harvest? All right. He said, who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God? The depth of his wisdom and the marvel of his perfect knowledge. Who could ever explain the wonder of his decisions or search out the mysterious way he carries out his plans. For who has discovered how the Lord thinks or is wise enough to be the one to advise him in his plans? Or who has ever first given something to God that obligates God to owe him something in return? Now I want you to read it yourself. One to go. Just that portion. Does God really owe you? Everything you have, the dress you are wearing were made from materials that he made. The money that you got was produced for you by him. David in his wisdom said, Lord, of all the things that you have given us, we have come again to return to you. 
There's nothing in this world that you made so that you can say is yours. You're a tenant. You're a steward. You came to meet it. It doesn't matter if it's Tesla that made it. They used his materials. It doesn't matter what group made it. They used his materials. So that we are only stewards. So if it's with you, let it be for him. Because it's actually for him. And he's trusting that because it's with you, it's with him. That whenever he asks for it, it's released for his work. You're not thinking, what do I get in return? Those are low thinking. Are you getting me? Those are low thoughts. Those are for children. It's children that you bought a toy for. You bought a car toy for him. You gave it to him. Then he said, Johnny, give me the car toy. He says, no, it's mine. You just bought it for him and gave it to him. That's what children do. It's tied to them. Selfishness is tied to their heart. No, don't be a child. Your life is not yours. Time is only given to you to make spiritual investments. That's all time is. You're so busy. I'm so busy. I can't come to church. Serve God with your life. Next verse. He says, for out of him, the sustainer of everything, came everything. And now everything finds fulfillment in him. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying everything you have came from him. And he's the one that sustains everything you have. Then he says it only finds fulfillment also in him. That means what you have, if you don't use it for him, it's crying against you. Because it's, it's, it's feeling frustrated because it hasn't found its purpose. It only finds its purpose in Christ. It only finds its purpose when it's used for Christ. For all things were made by him and for him. He says, may all praise and honor be given to him forever. Amen. Next verse. You see, remember that it wasn't versified and chapterized. Beloved friends. That should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies. I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression. The King James says that you should present yourself he said this is what you have don't think you have a car don't think you have anything he said what he actually wants is you he says present your body this thing that he gave you so if you're thinking he it's the money he, he wants the money and you it's not just your money he wants when you have given when everything has finished and is only left with you he's also he's also asking for you he's not promising you that i'll give you he wants everything, you. So he says, <laughs> present your bodies, he says, as a living sacrifice. As long as you are here, he says you are a sacrifice. That means I don't do what I want. I don't say what I want. I'm a sacrifice. That means I'm devoted to him. I belong, I'm sanctified, separated unto him. I'm a holy thing unto him. My body belongs to him. I can't just use it for anything I want. I can't think any thought that I want. I can't say just anything that I want to say. I can't just go anywhere. Those of us who like to just get up and go, you know, 
vacation here, vacation there, because you are Lord over your life. God has never sent you to go somewhere. You didn't even know that was important, that God is the one to send you. If he's Lord over your life, is he not the one to send you? How come you've not been sent? How come you do your own thing? You know, or like that man who's God over his family. God over his family. Um, they, they can't do anything without his leading. The whole family, it, it, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's church, it has to go through them. <laughs> you are Lord, you are Lord. But there is a Lord who is Lord over you. Who should guide your life? Who should determine what you should do? Who should determine where you will live? It's not up to you. It's up to him. You ask him, Lord, what do you want of me? That's the first question that Paul asked when he met the Lord on the road. He said, after Jesus spoke to him, he said, Lord, what will you have me do? That must be your question always. He needs you for something. We are born to fight the battles of God. Not, not our own battles. Then he adds something to it in the King James that I like. He said, for this is your reasonable. <laughs> it's your reasonable. You know why he's saying that? He said, if the man gave you everything, including his life, don't you think it's reasonable? Because not a billion dollars can you use to pay. I want you to think about something for a moment. The only reason why you are believing in Jesus Christ is because he chose you to believe. What if he didn't choose you? And you are already outside the gate, never to come in. Condemned. Not only to suffer in this world, but to suffer in the next. He chose you. He chose you to know him. He chose you to love him. He chose you to have eternal life. He chose you to give you the Holy Ghost. He chose you to give you himself. He chose you to give, him, to give you his word. He said, this is your reasonable. For all that he has done, he said, this is your reasonable. It's your reasonable service. Go to three. So he tells you. Go, go, go to two, sorry. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Have you been so Canadized? Are you now a Canadian or you are a Christian? Some, once they get the Canadian passport, they are so excited. They are so excited that they have the Canadian passport. Men give it to you. A man like you awarded you the passport. A man like you. Yet there's a God who, who has also given you a passport. He says you are from Zion. That one you put aside. God says you are from Zion. I have brought you into this kingdom of my dear son. I've taken you out of darkness and brought you into this kingdom. You put that one aside and you are so happy with the Canadian passport, you know, because you are able to go to different nations. <laughs> Even when those of you maybe who might be from Nigeria or something, when you're going back to Nigeria, instead of you to take the, the Nigerian one, you want them to know. You want them to know that, you know, levels have changed. You, I, I saw it happen in the airport. Very interesting. 
the gentleman came in into this the <laughs> he came in into the uh, ticketing area and there when he came in you know he was speaking with canadian accent even though i could tell it wasn't the original accent he you know he was speaking very no, so I bought him from I said, ha. I was just sitting there watching him. So now when there was a problem, there was a problem with the ticketing. and So they told him that, please, he should excuse him as he tried to sort it out so that others can be in the line. So he went and sat in one corner. Oh, ah! Oh, nah. I don't know why it ended. Ah! I said, ah! When he became serious, it changed. He forgot that he was Canadian. <laughs> he went back to the original accent. Praise God. We're preparing ourselves because of what God has asked us to do in this land. We want to take everyone for him. So we're stirring up ourselves in the way he thinks in the way what Christianity really is not um, asking God to fight your battles asking this deity to help you on your mission to enjoy life I heard someone say life is about being happy you are joking it's not true life is not the pursuit of happiness you are joking no your happiness the pursuit of your happiness leave that for the men of this world who have not found him yet but we that have found him we have a purpose we are his battle axe and weapons of war we were sent to establish his will in the earth and that's all we want to see we want to see his righteousness flood the nations that's what we want to see that's what we are excited about we're not listen we're not moved by rich men we're not moved when someone says they have a billion dollars it doesn't move us anything when someone says they gave a million a billion dollars or a million dollars for the work of god then we say ha we take note we said ah this one's a serious guy but that he has for uh, those uh, forbes and don't, those of you who like reading those lists yet you are not on it you know who is the new richest man for what they are empty they have nothing don't you know they are more broke than anybody the one who doesn't have the lord is broke yes, sir. if you have jesus you have it all this is what matters is christ christ in you that is the hope of glory it's not a billion dollars in the account the pharaohs had lands they left the lands alexander kept on conquering and he left everything he conquered and they put him in a casket a casket they didn't they didn't what well, they couldn't carry the lambs with him they put him in a casket they put him in a box that's all he his body owned they were cheering they cheer him alexander the great but he's in hell he's looking at men from hell and they are calling him the great he's shaking his head <laughs> if he had the opportunity to talk to some of them he said please stop being stupid me the great can't you see where I am it's not the great 
shows you the futility of earthly things. Whatever you want, someone has already gotten it before. Someone wants to be famous, especially these young people. Because it's been rehearsed to them that that is what is important in life, is fame on Instagram. Instagram is collapsing. Think about it. Facebook was so big before, right? It's going down now. Now, it's only old people who are on Facebook. <laughs> if, you, if you're on Facebook still, it's because you're of a certain age. I just want you to know. <laughs> now, they have moved to IG and they are very happy. They are always checking their followers. How many followers do I have? Nobody is following you. There were some that had several millions of followers. They are dead. So those people... Are you getting me? They have two million followers and they are dead. So when you go there still, it, nobody has left. It doesn't show that... <laughs> it doesn't show that the numbers have reduced. But the man is dead. It still indicates that they are followers. trying to tell you something don't waste your time in what doesn't matter invest in what God says is real one of them said they had looked forward to the cross that they had preached oh hallelujah hallelujah they had looked forward to a death on the cross that they had so loved he called it a beautiful cross he was going to be crucified on the cross he said he welcomed it like a friend. <laughs> he looked forward and he was looking at the cross and he was excited. Those things convinced the people who were around them because no, th this is madness. How can you be so confident and it's like everything's about to finish and you are so happy. He's looking at the cross with joy. Going to the cross with joy. Peter says, no, you can't, you can't crucify me like how you crucified my master. Crucify me upside down. He didn't say, please don't crucify me. Oh. I don't know Jesus. Like he did before. Now something had happened. Are you getting me? Something had happened. He had served God with his life. Paul says, I'm ready to be poured out. Paul wasn't looking for houses to confirm that he's a man of God. No. Some of, the, some of the letters that he wrote, he wrote in a dungeon. It is said that he couldn't even stand up in that dungeon because it was a real tunnel. He would lay down most of the time to write these epistles. I think, I'm trying to remember which one, I think Colossians was written from the dungeon, I'll confirm that. But look at the glories he writes in Colossians. You won't think it's from a dungeon that this man is talking. My goodness. I know some of you are struggling with sleep as it was being played, I know. Don't worry. What it should tell you is where you currently are, your current position. Are you getting me? That something of our history was being played, but sleep was your chairman. 
It was so strong over you. The, the pains that our ancestors went through was being talked about and you were still able to sleep. Talk to yourself. Are you getting me? Let, let, it, let it get to you that when others <laughs> were listening to the story of men going to the death for this thing that we say we believe and yours, yours was gone. That's the first indication of where you are. So you say in your heart, you say to the Lord, Lord, you know what? Mm -mm. I want a new mind. A new mind. Because you want to serve the Lord with a perfect heart and a willing mind. Don't pass through the years. We're going into another year. We already entered it in my mind. See that community that you are in. Can you be responsible for sending Rhapsody to everybody in that community? Can you be responsible for that community and say, you know what, through me, through me. Through me, everybody in this place will get a rhapsody of realities. Nobody will be able to say that I didn't know about Jesus. I didn't hear about him. Take responsibility for your community. Every time you stand up in the morning, your hands are lifted. You say, Lord, I take this place for Jesus. It belongs to you. Sometimes, for example, you may be here in the church and you are not even yet in a cell. Not that you've not heard about it before, you've heard about it, but you have so many reasons why you are not in a cell. Your reasons don't matter. It is only in the cell system that you will be strengthened by another to see what God wants us to do and to be occupied with it constantly. It's only in the cell. When we are striving together for the faith of the gospel, if you are isolated, you'll be amazed at what you'll be doing. You'll do nothing for the Lord. The cell system is so important. You must be in the cell system. Stop, stop um, psychoanalyzing things that need no psychoanalyzing. And you know, I used to be in the cell system. A lot happened there. And so, so. Stop all of that nonsense. Be in the cell. Be humble. Bring out what God has put in your spirit there so others may be blessed. And you also receive from them what God has given them and let's grow together. With this mission and purpose in our minds that listen, we were sent here for a purpose. If God didn't send you to Canada, what are you doing here? Do you understand what I mean by that? Listen, even if you came here for school, even if you came here for a, a job, even if you came here for marriage, whatever the, the reason that you were brought here, it was God working it out. That was just the door. But when you arrive, you say, God sent me. Prove that God sent you. Don't live your own life. Don't forget God. He said the nation that forgets God will turn into hell. Don't forget God. And then, you know, you keep on going through different challenges and you keep on employing his help. Lord, please help me. Help me. Help me. No. Say, not this time. Say, my heart is prepared to serve the Lord all the days of my life. No, we're, we're staring up ourselves. I'm not just having us watch a video and go home. No, I have a plan. We will stir up ourselves until this matter takes over our heart. That you can't see one person and pass by him without sharing the gospel. Do you know where depression comes from? Those of you who easily get depressed. It comes from selfishness. Only seeing you.
those who serve the Lord by serving others cannot get depressed. You don't have time to look to yourself. Where will the depression come from? That spirit called depression is available to the selfish. It's unavailable to me. I have nothing to do with it. It has nothing to do with me. But if you're a selfish person and always thinking about what you can get, the next job, you know, people move from city to city. For example, they moved from one place, one nation to Canada. Then the quest began. You would think now they have arrived in Calgary, everything is over. No, they are on a continuous quest for green pastures. Wherever they said is greener. So they said, hey, BC, BC is green, no? Then they carry their family again, they go to BC. Then they say, hey, we've been in BC for one year. Things are not moving the way we want. They say, hey, I heard. They say, there's one place. They've just heard that things are better, so they carry the family again. I mean, on a quest for green pastures, but you are the green pastures. No, if it wasn't green where I was, I, have, I will make it green. I will make it green. Because Christ is in you. And he is the hope of glory. So you bring forth Christ wherever you are. It's the same way people want to change marriages. <laughs> they wish they could just change the husband. The, let me tell you something. The mere fact that that thought came to your mind, you are the problem. All right? Just see life like that. You, the man, thinking, if I could just change this woman, every time she's, she's standing there, you'll be looking. She thinks you are admiring her. She doesn't know the calculations that are in your mind. Say, look at her head. How, how did I marry this woman? <laughs> you are saying all sorts. She's, she's not even aware that there are so many different thoughts that are going through your mind. You are insulting her. Say, look, look at her. How did we come together? Hallelujah. It shows that you are the problem. Your heart is a wanderer. You are never content with what you have. Yet someone else might take that woman, might take that man, and the next time you see them, there's glory all around them. Because the problem was always you. You were the problem. They didn't even know. So don't, don't, don't set your mind on the things of the earth. Let your accomplishments be based on what have I done for the Lord with my finances. What, how, many, how many souls have I won? Who am I raising in the Lord? Who have I led to the Lord? Let those things be your... Don't seek the honor of men. Are you getting me? In 2010... Someone bought a Rolls Royce, a Rolls Royce Phantom, and brought it to the church. Made sure he parked in a place where everybody would see him. Opened the door and got down and came to, into the church. It's 2022 right now. That car is a classic. 
Are you getting me? Who cares? It tells you nothing is... Praise God. 